Hello and welcome to Be The Wolf. I am your host, Jenea Barnes. Many people struggle to be the fullest, biggest, truest versions of themselves. They bend to fit into other people's ideals of who and what they should be. They tame their brilliance to avoid judgment and gain approval. A long time ago, people attempted to tame the wilderness of Yellowstone National Park by eradicating predators. Taming the wilderness collapsed the ecosystem. But there's hope. In the mid-90s, 41 wolves were introduced into the park and with this, the ecosystem replenished itself and flourished. The wolves did nothing but be exactly who they are meant to be and do what they were born to do. So I say to you, be the wolf. Hello, hello everybody and welcome to this episode of Be The Wolf. I am super excited to introduce Stephanie Carlin. She is a kick-ass woman who is up to a lot of big things and she has done her work to be who she's born to be and she also helps others do the same. So I'm super curious to hear about your journey because you as a musician had your fingertips right on a record deal with and you were so excited and then some stuff shifted for you. So tell us a little bit about you, share your story about your journey of becoming who you were born to be. Well, firstly, thank you for having me. Thank you for being caring. I'm so happy to be here. Um, Yes, where shall we begin? You know, trying to figure out who you are is, I think, one of the most radical, courageous acts against what our society uh, would like us to be, which is um, a nice, docile worker in the capitalistic uh, hierarchy. (laughs) So... Um, if we were to go back, turn back the hands of time, maybe, let's see, what was it, like almost, like 10 years ago? Yes, I um, was um, a young artist. I was I started my first band when I was 15, actually. We had a 10-piece band, and we went up and down wow. Long Island, like, doing all the regional shows, and, you know, we created quite a name for ourselves. And, um, I went to school for music performance, jazz performance, and at some point, band put together and yeah we had a deal on the table with uh one of the one of like my favorite labels ever like I I thought all the cool jazz kids are on this label this is where I want to be and sure enough it it totally fell through and the record label owner you know he, he really like wanted to play on everyone's albums for his own vanity's sake and yelled as my hand was hovering over like the contract to to sign it He's like, oh yeah, I, I want to play bass on your record. Like, this is really, this is really about me just, you know, living through all the, all you oh. amazing musicians. And then he's like, oh, and, and you're going to have to pay for everything. You know, the function of a record label is to provide financial support among many things. Right. So like, I was like 21 at the time, very young, very naive. Uh, luckily I had an amazing manager who was sitting next to me who said, wait, wait, put your fucking hand down. <laughs> Don't sign that thing. But you know, I, I share this story because it took me about, I'd say, 
at least five years, if not seven, to actually understand that that moment was the moment I killed off my dream. That was the moment where I shut down. And I didn't know that for five to seven years. It was maybe a two-year process of, of the impact that moment had on, on young, naive Stephanie. And it, it totally left me heartbroken because I didn't understand that I, um, how violated I felt. I just felt like an innocuous interaction, but there were all these little micro moments where I had violated myself. Like the band we brought in, like all these cool people who had already played on this, on this label, they were so cool. Like all they wanted to do was water down the very weird compositions I was making. Oh, let's not do that in that awkward time signature. Let's just, let's just make it in four, 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 four on the floor. And I'd be like, but no, that ruins the complexity of, of the song. But I had no, no acumen to express that or to hold a boundary or to um, just say this is unworkable. I would just let unworkable situations happen over and over and over again. And of course, you and I know if you're acting that way in one area of life, you're acting that way in every area of life. Who you are in one space impacts all the other spaces. So I killed off music for many years, uh, held this massive grudge against the entire music industry. And in my own healing process, I really started to see, oh, there was actually just a heartbreak that occurred between me and this record label owner in one interaction. And if we can sit with repairing that heartbreak, we can actually lift the grudge that I was holding against the entire music industry. And that's so much of my work. That represents so much of my work. Like I, I will really challenge everyone I meet. If you are holding a grudge against your dream, how can we pinpoint it to one interaction and one heartbreak? Um, mm -hmm. It's it's a more tender launching off point than anything else I've seen. So that's a yeah, little it, bit of my story. I mean, <clears throat> that grudge point, it's a moment that we decide that we believe something that, and it changes the trajectory. There is such power in recognizing the moment of when a belief is formed or a judgment or a grudge. Yeah. It's toxic. Yeah. And it's super powerful too, to recognize the emotions that were going on during that time, because as you know, emotions feed so much of our decisions. Yeah. I can't even say that I was aware of my emotions at the time. You know, whenever I go on a date, yeah. I, I let the date know, like, listen, I'm going to need at least one day to understand how I feel about you. It, maybe even two days. I'm going to need some time to process this date. So it's going to look like we're having a great time, but I'm going to let you know the honest truth in a couple of days <laughs> after I've integrated this date. Right. You know how many fucking failures had to happen for me to like be able to be in communication in right. that way with a, with a blind date, with an online date. Um, yeah. I need so much time to integrate. And it really took those five years of being numb unconscious, unaware, just like holding that grudge somewhere. And then when I was looking at why did I kill off my dream? Why am I not doing what I'm supposed to be doing on this planet? I know I'm supposed to be making music. Then the emotions started to ignite. And But I was extremely right. numbed out for those five years around it. I just thought I was right about how much the music right. industry sucked. 
Well, and I think that's what we unconsciously do is we have all these emotions. They happen so quick and so fast, and none of us are taught to actually deal with, recognize our emotions. I mean, I'm sure there are a few people out there, but the majority of people, at least in this country, are not taught to be emotionally aware. And we react from an emotional standpoint so fast and so quick that we don't even know that that's what's driving a lot of our decisions and a lot of our moves. Even with all the insanity, all the chaos, um, you know, all the trauma that's blasted at us every fucking second, there is no greater time to be alive because of the awareness that we are gifted in this part of humanity. It's extraordinary that we get to be on widespread platforms learning about how to process trauma, how to transmute emotion. There's been no time in history where this information is as accessible as it is now. It's so amazing to me. It is. It's so true. And the thing that I also find so interesting is underneath it all, there has to be a drive within yourself to want to really step into your fullest expression of yourself. Because with so much information at our fingertips, you can find something out there to prove to you that you believe whatever you choose that you want to believe. So there's so much information accessible to us and so much healing that is at our fingertips. And also if you're unwilling to actually really look at yourself and strive to be who you're really born to be, that you can find something to explain everything away and not face any of it. So true. And you're like, (laughs) you're like putting words to why I love spending so much time alone and by myself. I spend a lot of time by myself and um, I, and I love it most of the time. I love it. But to, to absorb all the programming, all the brainwashing, all the downloads, all the spells, whatever word you want to use, there's so much being blasted at every moment. And every moment you're, my brain is sifting, like what is truth? What is not truth? What is truth? What is not truth? And then we close, I close off that fucking phone. I turn off the computer and have to like do clearings on myself, energy clearings to return back to, okay, what is my pure intent on this planet? What am I doing here? Because yes, everybody wants my attention on what they think is the truth. Right. It's some dangerous shit, even if it is the best time to be alive. (laughs) Well, and the thing is, is that really comes down to why it is so important to trust yourself, to be able to take in the information. And I'm an extrovert, but I also need a lot of time alone. And I need a lot of time alone so that, just like you said, I can get clear on what's true for me. I can be, I can honor what I need to do to take care of myself so that I'm not just flapping in the wind going whatever direction somebody's saying where I can stand true to what's true for me and honor what's right for me. 
And the whole concept of being the wolf is that if we each truly do that, that we will rebalance this ecosystem of our crazy world. Yeah. And it's a tall, it's a tall order asking to do that. You know, I, I think sometime at the top of COVID, I got very depressed because I started to really be able to tap into what it is I want, like on a daily basis. Like, how do I just feel in this hour? What do I want right now? Oh, let's go do that. And following those impulses. And I got really depressed because I realized that for 30 years, I had no clue how to trust myself. So maybe I was talking about it on a platform for a while, mm -hmm. but there was still this like intellectualization of it, just a talking about it rather than actually following the pivot of how to trust myself moment to moment. So I had so yeah. much grief. There was this, in this time, I would like just, I would literally wake up and um, build a fire and like, just like cry in front of the fire every morning. And that was like my ritual. And it's just like how I wanted to get the grief out because yeah. I was like, holy shit, it's been 30 years and I'm just understanding how to actually trust myself, which means saying no to so many things that I've said yes to my whole life. It was an, it was an abandonment of an identity to trust yeah. myself. It's fucking yeah. hard. And, and that's, I mean, I think what you said there is really powerful, the abandonment of an identity, because we are taught, we, we imprint from our parents, we imprint from the people around us, especially when we're under the age of seven. And so we're just sponging up whatever they have done, whatever they think should be done. And we don't yet know how to think for ourselves. So we have all of this baseline underlying programming and there's identity that goes with that. Like, am I a good daughter? And so if I'm a good daughter, I need to do these certain things that will make my parents happy or make society happy, whatever it might be. And letting go of the identity of who you thought you were supposed to be, who you thought you should be, is one of the most difficult things for people to really let go of. But it's so worth the work because when you get to that place where you can let go of what you thought you were supposed to be and tap into what's really true and right for you, everything that you really want starts to open up. Yeah. But like that also might require a divorce. True. <laughs> it might require blowing the your life the fuck up. Yeah. Maybe not for everyone. What was it like for you? Was there like a pivotal moment of, of life destruction where you were like, I'm moving from an untruth to a truth right now? I think, I mean, I did, I did the do what you're supposed to do. I, you know, I was an artist at, for a long time, but I also bartended because I didn't want to 
you know, sell out and I wanted to keep true to myself, but I was really too scared deep underneath to actually really put myself out there and go for it. So I had all of these fears and all of these things. So I hid behind my regular job and I never really fully put myself out there. And honestly, wanting to be successful in art for me was about changing the way people thought and saw the world and think and shifting their perspectives. So, you know, I still am doing the same thing, just a different way. But I was so scared to really put anything out there that really would do that because I was just scared of what people would think. I thought they wouldn't love me. And for me personally, the baseline level of needing to be loved was about survival because in my childhood it was unsafe and i thought i needed to be loved which we do when we're little in order to be safe to survive right if our parents don't love us they'll throw us out and then what are the odds that we'll survive so so much of my actions were driven through that. And I think it was 2010 was one of my pivotal moments. And I always had like big dreams and wanted to really affect the world, but I wasn't doing any of it. And I was, I had organized my life around social circles and friends and being loved and being this kind of having this certain kind of attention and validation and I came home and I was like, okay, I have to change everything about my life if I want to do what I'm really meant to do. And so I just started to dismantle the things one by one. I didn't blow everything up all at once. I just did this, this event that I organized for the last time. And then this one that I always organized for the last time. And then I moved to New York, which is where I always wanted to be. Um, so it was, for me, it was dismantling piece by piece and healing piece by piece and stepping further and further and deeper and deeper. And finally, at one point, it just kind of unraveled. And I was like, Oh, that's who I am. Hmm. That's, that's really who she is. That's really cool. And what I hear in that is like, like you got to touch your pure intent, like your 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 true spiritual mission, if you will, on this planet. And you were using your art to do that, you know, provide transformation on this planet. And once you unwound that intent from the medium you could bring that intent to new mediums and still mm -hmm. feel like you were fulfilling a legacy, fulfilling a purpose. And that's really special. Well, and I think, I think our purpose, we're always, I think everybody is fulfilling their purpose. At some point, there's those magic moments where you have that flow, like, something bigger than you is moving through you, whether it's joy or God or spirit or whatever it might be, something bigger is moving through you and you just feel in flow. And I think we all have that, whether we're 
our careers are totally dedicated towards that. But those moments, I think, give you clues to when you're really fulfilling your purpose. So I fulfilled my purpose when I was bartending and I would have conversations. Mm. I fulfilled my purpose in other many different ways. And now I've really focused on the way to fulfill my purpose at a much bigger scale um, and more direct scale really than everything else. Because so much, even for me, the art was wanting to be seen, but still hiding behind something. Like I remember writing when I was young, like I wrote poetry. I would not journal write because I didn't want anyone to really know. It was all about trying to get it out without actually letting anyone see. So there was that not trusting myself and that truth, untruth and hiding. Do you think, do you think that ever goes away? Do you ever think that feeling goes away? Like permanently? I, I don't know if that feeling ever goes away. I mean, I, every time I share something, I feel a humiliation. That's like my go-to feeling, a humiliation around being seen. Now that humiliation's gotten a lot quieter. It hangs out in the background. It, like I can always tell I'm on to telling the truth about something and sharing myself if I feel a humiliation. It's like, okay, good. We're going to go towards that because you feel this humiliation. That's what you need to share today. Right. Because there's some fear in it. There's some scariness in it. I've I don't know if it fully goes away because I think people that are really living their truth and really trusting themselves, in order to do that, you always have to keep stepping through and out of your comfort zone. So what was scary to me in the past is like a piece of cake. I don't even think about it. And where I know that growth edge is is that it feels a little uncomfortable and for me i don't know i don't know what exactly the feeling it's just like <gasps> it's it's this edge of excitement and what if with a little a little like sprinkle of fear <laughs> yeah you know what you're reminding me of like two years ago i could not even turn on a camera and do a live stream I would just go like blank and like I would freeze and I had to do so much energy work and there was all the classic shit like being burned at, a, at the stake as a witch in another life nah, 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 nah. we all have that shit in one way or another us you know um connected women so all that work sifted through that. And then at some point I was like, okay, I'm, I can be on camera. And I would like put like talking points, like right at the top near the, near the, um, near the camera. So that like, it would look like I'm looking at the camera, but like I could right. see all my notes there and I'd be like shaking and sweating. And like, I'd have to spend the whole day preparing. And that, so that was two years ago. I was so scared to be seen. And now I, you know, I'm in my underwear and just, rolled out of bed and was like, all right, we're going to crush this with on this podcast. And <laughs> here we are. So yeah, yeah. Uh, that's what I'm, that's what I'm thinking about as you say all that. So yeah, it, it does go away in some, in some situations. <laughs> I mean, and I think, I think that's the thing. If you're really living that life of stepping into your fullest expression of yourself, 
you know, the universe is always expanding. They've proven it with science. So whether you believe it spiritually or you believe it scientifically, it's the truth and the, the universe is always expanding. So it stands to reason that we, of course, must also expand with it or else we're going to end up in this place of contraction where something is going to nudge you and it's going to push your whole world out of sync. Um, I think yeah, obviously the pandemic did that for lots of people, but some people it was it, sure it was a shift. They had to shift and step into some new things. But for some people, it was like an easy transition because I mean, not super easy, but much easier than everybody else's because they had already been going through that place where they were continuously stepping into the uncomfortable zone to grow and expand themselves. Does that make sense? Of course it makes sense. Uh, you know, before COVID, I was running a songwriting school and I'd been running it for eight years in Brooklyn. And I loved this songwriting school. It was such a cool thing I made. We had an amazing big community. I'd work with kids, um, ages four to 12. And these kids would really have like, like severe stage fright, self-doubt. They had a lot of stuff. And through the medium of songwriting, writing, and then uh, performing, and sometimes even recording uh, an album, uh, healing would happen, right? Like that shy child would go to being a self-expressed child. I loved this work. It was good work. I had serious soul contracts with a lot of these kids and families. But like, there was that nudge for a couple years leading up to the pandemic. Like it was like, this is good, but it can get better. This is good, but this is the stepping stone. And I would fight that little voice and I'd say, no, this is fucking good. Like back off. Like I, I cannot dismantle this. That would like just fuck with too many people. But then the pandemic happened. And while, I mean, obviously the pandemic was very, very difficult for me personally, it was, a big gift in my life that forced me to shut everything down and reevaluate from square one. Cause we, we couldn't operate. We, you know, we were totally shut down the first day of the pandemic. Um, and it nudged me into creating truth school. Um, I was, you know, seriously hiding with my energy work. I had these clients on the side that were just like word of mouth that I'd fill my roster with. I wouldn't share anything about using the H word, being a healer um, or being an energy expert. Um, yeah, it was just like about that. You're going to get fucking burned alive. So once COVID hit, transmute, 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 deal with my shit be seen, say who you are. It was pretty terrifying. And uh, now uh, I just, I'm just very happy that that all happened, even though it was yeah. very difficult at the time. I feel like I am living a dream life, uh, really, really using my energy in the places that it is supposed to be in the highest and best way. Yeah. So tell me a little bit about what is what has opened up as you you know you followed those nudges you were able to pull back and reevaluate and really get more in touch with what's true for you and trusting yourself and taking those next steps tell me what blossomed and really bloomed out of that pandemic time and what like 
what you're so excited about. Oh boy. Okay. We have a half hour. <laughs> I can pare it down. I hope this is interesting, listener, to to you out there. I really get a lot of joy with working with a small amount of people over a long period of time. I think there's an intimacy that happens. And I think everyone needs a mentor or a coach or a role model. And that that is a um, like uh, ethically non-monogamous industry. Like you should have many coaches and mentors. And in true totally. school, um, I love working with people over deep, long periods of time. We have a small group that comes together for long periods of time. And it's like one half deep energy work, the other half very practical um, business coaching. So we spend a significant amount of time detoxing from programs in the world. And I, I say that including the physical programmings. Like we start Truth School with a parasite cleanse because I really believe that uh, the microbes in our body actually can control us and hijack our thought patterns. Every microbe has a consciousness. And uh, in fact, certain microbes have specific consciousnesses like procrastination, self-criticism, worthlessness. And it's so hard for me to interact with someone done the cleanse because I end up talking to their parasites sometimes. Like that's how I'll see it energetically. I'm like, we're not even fucking having a conversation about you. It's your, it's your candida that's talking to me right now. And it's annoying because we can't get to the truth of what this is. So you need to go do the cleanse. So month one of true school, everyone's on a parasite cleanse. And for some people that is um, actually detoxing uh, microbes for others, it's a detox of the emotional parasites in their life. We all have emotional parasites in our life if we're not conscious of it. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. And maybe it's your spouse. Maybe it's your mother. Maybe it's your coworker. Maybe it's your boss, right? For everyone, it is different, but we have energetic parasites. And at, at the very least, we need to become aware of how these people who are courted to us drain our energy. Because mm -hmm. these are the things we don't want to look at that are keeping us from our pure intent, that are keeping us from our spiritual mission, that are keeping us from actually just understanding on that daily basis who the fuck am I? What do I want to create? What am I doing here? And then we start piercing them even deeper, specifically through oaths, vows, and obligations that we've either consciously or unconsciously made with these, sometimes the energetic parasites, sometimes they're just people in our lives, sometimes it's with God. I... Never knew I had a fucking grudge against God until I did my first energy uh, practitioner workshop where I became a practitioner for the first time. I thought I was fine with God. All of a sudden, I'm in the quantum field in a theta brainwave state, and I start to see this massive grudge I have against God. And it had to do with how I didn't have a music career. But I like was supposed to be here to have a music career. I believe mm -hmm. in that shit. I believe in past lives. I believe in all that stuff. Um, so that's like the first six weeks of truth school is untethering, getting the tools to untether, uncord, and really come back to who the fuck am I when I am really clear and clean in my field, understanding who I am. And from, we start to craft some offers. I encourage one offer a year 
that is anchored in your soul's purpose, anchored in why you think you're here, anchored in in forwarding your legacy, whatever language you use. And then we monetize it over the following several months of Truth School. And we learn how to speak about it authentically with the camera on, with the light on, not just in the hushed tones, you know, like I am like, there's no better person to deal with that shit than me because like I just said, I was totally terrified of sharing my stuff and I didn't for a long, long, long time. And now you can't um, run from my face on TikTok yapping your ear off about about stuff. So that's like a... I could go on, but that's a very high level um, overview of Truth School. And I'm not I'm not saying that to pitch Truth School here at all. It's just there's no other way to describe the work other than to like go through this this curriculum. I think I channeled the curriculum. I look at the curriculum like I'll open it up and be like, what are we teaching today? And I'm like, holy shit, this is so cool. I can't believe I got to just channel this and be a vessel for it. Um, I learned so much every time I lead Truth School. Uh, So, yeah. It's quite quite an amazing journey. Yeah, I love that, and that I I think so many of us that do work that help people to live their truth and trust themselves. There's a piece of our own journey that has come through the work that we do through other people. What are the things that worked for us? And if we're incredibly curious then we get to keep diving into all of these different things. And at some point it starts to coalesce into this form of how it will best work for people. And um, so I feel that in my own work and I see that in the way you describe truth school as well as that there's these layers that these things need to happen first for you to have the most expansion at the next level and the next level. And I think a lot of people out there are, don't put that kind of thought into how it all works together and how to really layer it in to create the biggest, most profound effects in your life. So I really commend the way that it came to you and the process of the layering to reach the maximum results. Well, I've also told that this could just be my mental illness, which is my mental illness is being a cancer moon and a Scorpio rising, uh, which is a pretty um, fucking terrible combination of like needing to destroy and rebuild and destroy and rebuild and then feel all the feelings all the time every day. So I joke that that's my, that's my mental illness. Um, and because because like, yeah, not a lot of people want to do that. So I'm in the third round of true school right now. And like anything, I'm still like, oh, like, oh, this is what it is. Oh, we're going to rebuild it again. Oh, I'm really seeing what what it is after running it two times. And I can still see how how much imprinting is there from my influences, even though this was this amazing channeled body of work. Like I still see my business coaches imprint in it. And now I'm like, oh, now that I know what it is, I can lift her imprint off it. I can like remove these little pieces where I was just emulating her and emulating this mentor over here and emulating that paradigm over here and using the jargon from this spiritual community over there. So now that I'm in the third round, it's like really a restructure and a rebirth because I'm pulling all this jargon that is not actually in my truth 
what I was just using as goalposts. And now it's like really like an art project of, of like Stephanie's expression of this journey. And now, uh, you know, the few of you who vibe with it, it'll really be like a little container of authenticity. It is not like imprint other experiences and other trainings. So I'm very excited about that part of the next round of Truth School. And that's one of the things I've discovered in my own work and it, and in general, and I think this happens for a lot of people that have been doing this kind of work for a long period of time. It's like you go through these trainings and you learn these things and you put it out into practice and you model and you emulate your mentors and you do what they did. And, and then little things and little pieces start to come together of this thing and that thing. And they start to coalesce into whether it's the true school or like for me, the programs that I have built. And, you know, every time you go through it, you learn a little bit more and then you do another training and little by little, it starts to all coalesce into this thing that becomes authentically you. My dad, uh, he was, he's into some you know, he's into super metaphysical stuff, but he Ooh, got into yes. it by uh, chasing like the lost cities. So he started reading everything that he could about the lost cities, this, you know, in the 70s. And he would read all this stuff and he would chase all this information now. And then he has this pivotal moment in his life where he's sitting under a banyan tree in Hawaii and all of a sudden it was like this massive download where all of the things he had learned sort of coalesced together to give him this greater understanding. And so I feel like with my own work and stuff that that has really happened in this iteration of the program I put out. And it sounds like that's really happening for you as well. So that's so cool. And that's actually like what I get off on with truth schoolers because we can get these fucking downloads and we spend all this time in the quantum field and truth school getting downloads but like then then how do you put it into words how do you articulate right. it how do you really communicate it over and over again such such that like that information actually creates ripple effect creates impact and that's like the coconut meat of truth school like like yeah. putting it into the words that truly demonstrate the expression of that download that's so cool that 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 your dad got to experience that for me personally i don't have any regrets and i love my life and the way it unfolded and the learning and all of that but if you could say something to yourself that was getting ready to sign that record deal like, what did she need to know to not give up on who she truly is at that no. time? Yeah. yeah. What sometimes, did she need to know? Sometimes I think about her and I'm like, she would be so intimidated by you. She would be like, what? You became what? You got to do what? <laughs> you got, you look like what? Um... She wouldn't really understand the words of wisdom, <laughs> I want to say. Um, but what I'd say is, like, what are you doing? Don't worry about this. You're looking at all these people like they are the authority. But don't worry, because you're going to become the authority. 
there's going to be a time where you're it's going to be you're going to be so indifferent about whether you have this this record label deal and i know you think having a label deal is like what you need to do but soon there are going to be no gatekeepers and you are going to create the entire empire on your own they're going to come running after you babe don't even worry about this I think that's what I'd tell her. And she'd be like, you're full of shit. I, I think what I really hear in that, and I think resonates so much for so many people, is you think this is what you need to do to have this. Like, she thought she needed to have the record deal to have and the music career and make the music and make that stuff from... Her heart, and you hear about artists that sacrifice their artistic vision because they know if they can just make it big enough that they'll eventually get to do what they want to do. And that's one route. I don't have any judgment on that um, because they're still looking towards, you know, be where is that place where they get to be who they're going to be? Because, I mean, it is scary to really carve your own path. I mean, let's get really granular for a minute. Honestly, the biggest growing pain was hiring my VA firm. Hire a VA firm is like a, a virtual assistant team. So I have this amazing amazing team of VAs um overseas and it was the hardest thing for me to do because you know what you have to do? You have to communicate a vision. And so I've got this, B is my amazing VA um, over in the Philippines and she has a team underneath her. So she's like the master VA and, or mistress VA and has all these other <laughs> people working under her that she delegates tasks to. And basically I run my whole, my whole company through this amazing team. And it was so confronting to hire them because I had to know exactly what my vision was and communicate it and articulate it for them to execute all of the repetitive tasks every every week that I need for, right. for my company to thrive, whether it's truth school, whether it's my music, they they work with me on on both sides of my of my company. And it took like three to five months for me to actually understand how to articulate my vision to them. And it's still really scary. I still procrastinate sending them tasks because I'm like, I don't even know how this workflow works yet. I don't even know what my vision is yet. And so I'm, I'm speaking to your point here. Like we think, Oh, is, if we just had this, then like everything would work. Oh, if I just had the record deal, everything would work. But like, that's such, such an untruth because I had no clue how to articulate my own vision. I had no clue what I wanted. Right. So then it becomes um, like a, a riptide just just washing over you as other people dominate the space because I would have had no capacity to express a vision. I still am fumbling and working every day to make sure I'm staying on a vision and articulating it in the highest and best way. It's such a it's such a a skill and a muscle. So if anyone's listening who you know you have a large base of entrepreneurs who who listen, um, artists who listen, like. Just start with that. Start with getting the support that you like have been procrastinating on getting because it it forced me to actually articulate yeah. my vision. And that was hard. And I was so grateful for it. And it's uh it's a very um inexpensive way to uh, you know, push yourself into that zone. Yeah, and it's one of the things that I really hear about this and people struggle so much 
is understanding what you want. <laughs> like, you know, you have this like, oh, I want to have a million dollars or I want to have a big house and blah, 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 all this stuff. And most of the things that people say they want for them, for what's really underneath that is about getting out of pain. I want to have a million dollars so that I don't have to suffer anymore. I want to have this so that I don't have to blah, blah, blah. But what really, if you can figure out, this is one of the things I do on my first calls with people. It's like, what do you want? And people are like, I don't want to feel blah, blah, blah anymore. I don't want blah, blah, blah. And people just to really understand what you want and articulating what that is for you that's true, that's coming from that trusting yourself place, I think is one of the biggest and most powerful things you can dive into figuring out and whether you hire a VA so that you have to start trying to articulate your vision or whatever route it is, I think understanding your vision and what you truly want like from that creative expansive place rather than i just want to get out of pain place is so incredibly huge and important it is huge and man pain is real isn't it like sometimes i'll have these magical days where i forget about the, about the pain of the world because you know, I'm feeling clear or grounded or whatever. And then that pain comes back in and that shit is debilitating. That shit will cover up a vision quicker than anything. Yeah. Physical yeah. pain, and emotional pain, whatever 100%. kind of pain. It will cover up that vision like a wet blanket on your frequency and mm -hmm. just dampen everything. Yeah, because when people are in pain, doesn't matter what kind of pain it is, your number one priority is to get out of pain. And so we don't make choices that support our big, beautiful visions when we're just trying to get out of pain. It's like you take that job that, you know, you're unemployed or you get laid off or whatever it is, and you take that job because you just need to get out of pain. You need to make sure that you have security or something, and you don't care what kind of job it is. And then you just create more pain because you took a terrible job, whatever it might be. But that pain, I think, is the biggest parasite to the vision. Ooh, I haven't heard it said like that before. Pain well, is the biggest you, parasite to the vision. You inspired that one. That's quotable. <laughs> That's some quotable shit. Yeah. It's it's true, though. It's what leads us to making short-term decisions instead of long-term decisions that support the vision. That's really cool. I really haven't thought about it that way. I haven't thought about... Like that's actually what those first couple months of truth school are now that I'm thinking about it. It's, yeah. it's the get out of pain part. And I never, ever thought of it like that yeah. but that is that is what our emotional parasites and our physical parasites do to us they create so much pain they create the lethargy they create the brain fog they create you know oh i'm tired oh i'm just so tired and that chronic fatigue that we feel mm -hmm. day to day which is really just like um a diminishment of life force right yeah and it's whether it's the parasites in your body or this 
emotional parasite that drives you to go, 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 and not listen to the fact mm. that you need to rest sometimes, whatever, mm. whatever it might be. It's, you know, because if you're going, going, going at full speed, a hundred percent of the time, you are, you're running from something. You're trying to get away from some sort of pain because otherwise you'd be like, oh, I need to get some more rest. So I'm going to stop and rest, or I need to feed my spirit by having a great conversation with Stephanie, <laughs> whatever yeah. it might be. So yeah. you, I'm thinking about those people in my life right now. That's why I'm quiet. I'm thinking about yeah. those people that run and run. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I used to, I, <laughs> I am 100% yes. used to be that person. Reformed for sure. Yes. <laughs> So you have a new thing that you announced recently that is leaning into trusting yourself and living what's true for you. And it's about some collaboration sort of thing. You want to tell us about this new thing that you have going on? I announced this minutes before we uh, got on this live stream and um, I pressed the publish button on it um, two minutes before we went live. So, yes, it's quite new. Um, oh, okay. Compose yourself, Stephanie. Let's talk about this succinctly. Um, my writing partner and I have been making music for um, a very long time, for nine years. And we made a lot of music before COVID. Um, and it was really our first time um, writing and recording together. So um, of doing these 10 day sprees where, you know, we'd clear our calendars and we'd travel and go record some shit from, uh, and uh, Carrie is my writing partner. He's amazing. He would just like take his whole home recording studio, put it in his car, bring it to wherever we were. And so the very first time we did this, we did it at my house in upstate New York and he lived in uh, Brooklyn at the time I had just moved upstate. And so we packed up his his car uh, in 2019 and, and went up to my place in Beacon and spent 10 days uh, writing and recording an EP. And we had been playing together for like like seven or eight years before that, I think. And it was really the first time we sat and recorded and co-wrote together, uh, something that was going to be in the world. And then COVID hit. And uh, that EP kind of just got, um, you know, it was in... It was in the ether of the iCloud for a long time. So we kept writing music. We kept going on trips. We, you know, did the same thing in Joshua Tree. We did the same thing in, in a for in the middle of a forest in uh, California. We'd rent these Airbnbs and make them into recording studios for 10 days at a time. It was so great. Uh, but now we've really decided to partner as a duo. All this music had been under my name, Stephanie Carlin, Stephanie Carlin, Stephanie Carlin. But it just got to a point where it was like, uh, this music does not exist without the both of us here together so we decided to start a duo project and so that's pretty brand new we just announced that this month but we looked at this thing we we made in beacon years ago at this point and we're like fuck that's like that's really us discovering what our sound is it's not the mm -hmm. true pulse of the sound of our our project which is called four fader so what are we going to do with this EP that we made? Like we spent so much money on, like, like probably like eight grand making, like it takes so much to, to make art. 
Because also about three months ago, very recently, we recorded an entire live performance of the whole EP with a full band in a recording studio, three camera shoot, actually it was like an eight camera shoot. It was just beautiful, beautiful costumes, a whole beautiful cinematic experience. So we have this whole beautiful live stream concert, this whole EP, but we're it's really like an untruth to put this out as forfeiter because this was a massive transitional experience for our, us collaboratively. So we've decided to release the EP and the live concert only to our mailing list. Uh, it will never be on Spotify. It will never be on streaming devices. Um, and because I really care about creating community, community really matters to me. So this is my, you know, $15,000 project. <laughs> when you think of the, uh, um, the concert that we recorded, this is my $15,000 gift to everyone saying, just come into our world, be with us, uh, learn the story of how we came to be, enjoy this cinematic experience. And really the entire EP and, and concert focuses on one of my favorite songs on the EP, which is called Breathtaking, which is my uh, experience of having an abortion and my right to take a breath away and my communion with that spirit and the conversation I had with that spirit. So... I, you know, it's been years since we recorded that song and I thought, wow, there's no greater time than right now than to Absolutely. share this with everyone. So I just love the divine timing of it. It makes me so giddy. I'm like, what? We're releasing this now when the world needs some art that is in service of these stories, not, not a political statement, just like a beautiful piece of art in right. homage to my experience. So I would be beyond honored if if you wanted to enjoy this gift. And I think we have the the link right down at the bottom. It's forfader.com slash secret. And you can just go grab a copy of it. Oh, I love that so much. And yes, divine timing. I always try and think and say that the universe is working for us. Even if it's creating some messy stuff right now, it's setting you up for something greater in the long run, whether it's the lessons you've learned or whatnot. And even even this podcast, we had to delay a couple of times. And oh my God, perhaps, you're right. And perhaps That's so this fun. Is why. <laughs> we delayed this podcast like like two or three times. Like things just kept happening. And and you kept saying, I totally trust that this is happening for a reason. And now I get to share this for the first time on here. Oh, they yes. love that. Great. That's so cool. Awesome. And also people can tell people how to reach out to you, follow you, all the other ways that they can connect with you. You guys, I got so on Instagram and me and Instagram had like an abusive relationship because I fucking love Instagram. <laughs> I hang out on there all the time, but Instagram didn't want me. It kept like throwing me out, being like, no, you. you say too many things. No, 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 no. So I scraggled my way over to TikTok very reluctantly. And now like everyone on TikTok loves me and accepts me the way that Instagram <laughs> as a platform never would. So I'd love for you to come hang out with me on TikTok. Uh, the handle is Stephanie Carlin Music. I'm still in my abusive relationship with Instagram. You can find me there with the same handle, Stephanie Carlin Music. And then I put out a weekly newsletter. It's called Taste of Truth. Um, it is my my uncensored, unfiltered rants about um, whatever untruths and truth experience I had that week. Um, people usually love it because it's 
extremely unfiltered. So you can come join uh, at stephaniecarlin.com slash T-O-T or just, you know, hop on the Truth School wait list. And that link is below too, stephaniecarlin.com slash wait hyphen list. Awesome. Awesome. There's a lot of handles. (laughs) All the things, all the things. Everybody wants to have access to all of the things. All the things. What's one piece of advice when it comes to trusting yourself that you would like to leave everybody with? Yeah, I'd like for you to think about one situation or one thing where you feel like you might be violating yourself or inside a self-betrayal and just take a look and see if it's corded to one of these four things. Is it corded to a resentment? Is it corded to a rejection? Is it corded to a regret? Is it feeling some sort of revenge? That one's the underdog, but sometimes it's there. Because I really believe we can root back any self-violation to one of those four R's and to pinpoint it, acknowledge it, be committed to healing one of those four R's is, in my opinion, total freedom. That's what I would leave you with. I definitely know that our self-doubt and our self-worth is so much tied to those little betrayals. And I think in my first um, introduction to Be the Wolf, I talk about those little betrayals of where you stop being exactly who you are, exactly who you are born to be. And uh, if any of you all would like to connect with me or work with me, become who you're born to be or attract a career you love, you can book a call from my website, which is JaneaBarnes.com, G-E-N-E-A-B-A-R-N-E-S for those of you listening, or you can DM me on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, all the things, all the things, things. all the things. This has been so awesome. I know that we could go on for hours, (laughs) but we'll contain it in a container because boundaries are good. (laughs) Thank you so much for having me. This has been such a delightful conversation. Awesome. Thank you again. And thank you all for listening and watching all of you. We will see you next time around. Follow Stephanie, follow me and stay connected and be the wolf be who you were born to be because this is how we repair our world thank you bye everybody thank you for listening to this episode of be the wolf please take a moment to rate share and follow this podcast so that together we can inspire others to be the wolf